0: about that this morning, that God will answer prayer. I share with you this morning what I believe God's put in my heart about prevailing prayer. There are all kinds of prayers. We, We hear about them. We talk about them. We discuss them. We question them. There's a lot said about prayer. And everything that's said about prayer or taught about prayer is not true. There are some things that people teach about praying that just don't stand up to the Word of God. And no new revelation is going to change anything that God has said in His Word. That is the revelation. That is the truth of God. But I believe when we correctly learn to pray, or learn to pray correctly, and do so that God gives us powerful results in our lives because of our praying. When we fail to pray, we miss some of the greatest opportunities and blessings that God has provided for us because we just don't qualify ourselves for those blessings. We can, by coming to the Lord faithfully, regularly, consistently, In prayer by faith. So today, I want to read a scripture from 1 Kings chapter 18. It starts at verse 41 and goes through the chapter, just a few verses. And some of you may already be familiar with it. If you haven't read it in a long time, here it is. It's about Elijah and Ahab. And Elijah said to Ahab, who was at that time the king of Israel, Go, eat, and drink. Go on home, eat and drink. For there is the sound of a heavy rain. Now this was significant because it had not rained in all the land of Israel for 42 months, three and a half years. That time in the past, three and a half years back, Elijah had appeared on the scene. Suddenly, it seemed out of nowhere. He's not mentioned any time until the first part of of the 17th chapter. And it says, Elijah the Hishbite was there. And he pronounced to the king a judgment. He said, except as I speak, it will not rain in this land in the years to come. Unless I speak it. And then... He disappeared, and the rain stopped. And after a few months had passed, the king started trying to find him because he began to believe what the prophet had said. He sought for him everywhere, all over the land. He sent people out to other countries to find out if he were hiding out someplace else. They could not find him anywhere because Elijah was in a safe place where God had sent him. And when that happened, he pronounced that drought, God sent him down to the brook Kirith, and told him to stay there. And he went and stayed until God told him to leave. Now he has left the brook. He's come back and pronounced to Ahab that the rain is going to come, the drought is over. Shortly after this, he's going to prove that the Lord God is the God of Israel by the contest on Mount Carmel, when they call down the fire. But now he's dealing with rain he has told Ahab, you better get on down home as quickly as you can, because there's going to be a great storm. A flood is coming. Overpowering, overwhelming rains are going to fall after three and a half years. And then Ahab started towards home. Elijah went up to the top of one of the peaks of the mountains, the mountain range of Carmel, which is about 24, 25 miles long from the Mediterranean Sea down to the aiming toward the southwest part of Israel. So he's there now praying and crying out for water to come. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. He began to pray. And then he said to his servant, go and look toward the sea. And he went, The servant went and looked. And he came back and said, there's nothing there. Seven times Elijah said, "Go back." So the servant came one time and said, "There's no rain." Elijah prayed a while longer. He told his servant, "Go again." The servant went and came back, said, "There's no sound, of, no sign of any rain." He told him, "Go again." He came back and said, "There's no sign of any rain." Six times he told him to go, and then the seventh time, when he'd sent this, brought the sixth time report that there was no rain. In it, Anywhere in evidence, he went, and this time he said, the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. And that was all Elijah needed for his faith to be energized, activated. He knew God was on the way with an abundance of rain. And so he said to his servant, Go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot, And get on home before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain started falling. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel, where his summer palace was. And the last verse of this reading, verse 46, says, The power of the Lord came on Elijah. And tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. He beat him to Jezreel, although Ahab had a head start within his chariot. Elijah was running in the power of the Lord. And he arrived with the testimony already around him. The rain was copiously falling on the land. Now, Elijah was God's instrument in doing this because he prayed, because he believed God. Because God used him as his prophet servant, and he predicted that the rain would not come. Then when God said, it's time now, we've proven ourselves, 42 months later, he said it is raining. And then the rain came after he prayed one more time. Well, I could say he prayed seven more times, I guess. After he prayed continuously, until God showed him the rain clouds are rising. And with that little part to energize his faith, he knew that this was coming. God is doing what he said he would do. Now, a lot of times we see rain clouds. We see them like a man's hand. We see a little small symbol of something God's going to do, and we think that's all there is to it. But when God shows us something small, he's getting ready to do something greater. If you see something little, God's got something bigger planned. God has a power, the power, to overcome every obstacle, every law of nature, everything that is detrimental to the preaching of His Word, to, to our living for Him, and to our proclaiming the message of miracles today. He's got the answer to all of that. Elijah had a conflict with Ahab, and he, and he solved it. He solved it by obeying the Lord. Shortly after this, they had the challenge where he called all the prophets of Baal to Mount Carmel, put the sacrifices out there, and allowed the prophets of Baal to call down fire by their God because he had said... God that answers by fire will be declared the God of Israel. And so all the efforts that they made to get the fire to fall were to no avail. Nothing happened. They just wore themselves out, lost their energy, gave up. And when they were through, Elijah said, is it my turn? Yes, you go ahead and try. We can't make this happen. You can't either. So Elijah said a few quick words of prayer. He stood up before the Lord on Mount Carmel with the sacrifices already there around the great altar that they had constructed. He just prayed a short prayer. It's recorded in the scripture. And when he said those few words, that God sent a very fiery, powerful, zap of fire and consumed all of the sacrifices. And made an evident de- declaration that his power was prevailing in that land at that time. And then the people fell on their faces before God, those who were up there watching the contest, and they cried out, The Lord is God. The Lord Jehovah is God. They started to turn back toward God, and then a lot of things happened that came about with Ahab and his wicked queen Jezebel. But that's not my purpose to talk to you about those things this morning. I just want to talk to you about what God does in answer to prayer. You see, when Elijah appeared first on the scene, before 42 months before that challenge by fire, when he appeared first on the scene, he appeared to come from nowhere. Nobody had ever heard of Elijah before. And suddenly there at the first verse of the 17th chapter, they said, Elijah the Tishbite came on the scene." That's the place he came from. Nobody really knew him. He had been spending his time alone with God, hearing from God, hearing the call of God for his life, hearing the direction of the Lord for what he was supposed to do and say and where he was supposed to go. And having heard what God told him to do, He went up and went to the king's palace they declared the drought was going to come. He didn't do that because he was presumptuous he did that because he was prayerful he did that because he had waited in the presence of the Lord he had heard God speak to him God gave him a message to proclaim he proclaimed that message and when he did God verified his word of truth by doing exactly what his prophet said he would do stop the moisture stop the rain stop anything that was voice falling on the ground, not even dew fell at all that time. And it was because God's servant had heard from him and went forth in the power of that prayer to make those statements of those declarations. So I want to tell you that prayer is powerful and if you powerfully pray God will answer in powerful ways. We do not need to think that, that that prayer is just a simple exercise of saying, "Lord, bless me, bless us, bless us today." Be with me today, thank you, and go on. That's all. That that is a way for some people to pray, but that depends on the level of your spirituality and the level of where you are with God. When you come to the place that you want an answer from, from God, and you know that answer from God is all that you have to depend on, and all you can expect to bring the difference and the change that you are looking for in your life and in your circumstances. Then you're going to decide that it's time to pray until I pray through. That's an expression you know we used to have a long time ago. Any of you ever remember hearing that years ago? They said, well, you've got to keep on praying until you pray through. I heard it for years and years and years. And what the old timers meant by that, they meant you've got to keep on praying till the answer comes. you got to pray until God does something. you got to pray through the clouds. You've got to break through, reach the throne of God. Keep on praying until you pray all the way through. And you know that God is going to send the answer. We don't pray and stop. We pray and keep on. And Jesus taught that. I know there's kind of a little thought that kind of simmers and slips around today. That if you ask God for something the second time, you you didn't have faith the first time. The only thing I can give you as an answer to that sentiment is that's not what Jesus said. Not what Jesus taught. In the 18th chapter of Luke starting at the, at, the, at the very first verse, the very first verse of the 18th chapter of Luke, is, is this, <clears throat> is this. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Pray and keep praying for your answer. Pray and not give up. And then he told them the parable of the unjust judge. You remember it. The unjust judge was a man who cared not what people thought of him. He didn't care anything about right or wrong. He was not a—he was not at all a righteous judge. So, when the little woman came to him, saying, "Please help me," and imploring him to do something to change her circumstances, which he had the power to do, he just ignored her. And then, when she came back, he brushed her off and said, "Take her away." When she came back, he closed his ears and paid no attention to her. But she kept on coming back in Jesus' story. And finally, the judge said, "I got to get rid of this woman, so I'll do whatever we what. What was it she wanted? Tell me again what she. I'm gonna do whatever she wants because I've got to get rid of her. I can't stand this anymore. So he got one more time what she really wanted. He took care of it, did it for her. And Jesus said, "Now don't think that don't think that judge is the symbol of God. He's the symbol of the opposite of God. And Jesus taught that very clearly. He said, "Now if that unjust judge." will answer her pleas in his state as he was clearly an unrighteous man. How much more, how much more will your Father in heaven do for you? How much more will he give you good things? How much more will he answer your pleas if an unjust judge can be brought to his knees through supplication? Believe me, a God who is just, who loves you, who wants good for you, who wants you to have the very best in your life, who wants you to have victory over everything that challenges your walk with God. That's the God who will answer you. And if you ask and keep asking, you will get the answer that God has for you. Keep on believing. God still answers prayer. an old song that says that whole song says that. Keep on believing God still answers prayer. And I believe He does, don't you? When Jesus said ask and you shall receive, the tense of that is keep on asking and you'll receive. And then keep on knocking and the door will be open. Keep on seeking and you'll find the answer. Keep on doing it. Till the answer comes so not one time and I don't have faith if I ask him again I think if you ask one time and you don't get your answer and you don't pray again that's what means you don't have faith if you keep on praying and keep on seeking God believing the answer is going to come that's the true faith hold on until God gives the answer because God will give the answer that's what he's promised and that's what he will do the prevailing prayer is what is so important. I, I was thinking about this and I, I started thinking, Travail and you will prevail. And then I thought maybe that's a little too strong a verb to say you have to travail in prayer. But I thought, and I looked it up, deliberate on and I think maybe it's not. Because pr- travail means to engage in laborious effort. You would say, Well, Prayer is not a labor. It has been a lot of times for me. <laughs> it's a lot of times I've labored in prayer. And I keep on laboring and crying out and calling on God until I get an answer. I'm still doing about that. I'm still doing that about some things I've expected God to do. And you know what? I'm going to keep on doing it. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep on. I'm going to get down. And I have to wait before God, cry out to him whatever price I pay, whatever, whatever cost it is to me in my life to do it. I've got to do it because I know if I will do it. I know if I do it and continue to do it, God will be faithful because he is faithful. He will show his faithfulness because he is faithful. He will declare his faithfulness because he is faithful. There's nothing about God that changes his faithfulness. When you ask him one time to save you, he did it. Whether you live for him the first time or not, that's not my point. My point is, when you ask God to save you, He did. Why? Because He said He would in His Word. And when you come God, to God asking Him other things, He will do it. Why? Because He said He would in His Word. I really got, for a while, I mean, in the last, within the last few years, I, I came to a real stumbling block over John fifteen seven. That verse says, if you abide in him, his word abides in you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, Jesus said, you ask what you will, and it will be done. For you. And I was asking for some things that weren't getting done for me. And I started questioning that. And you probably questioned it too if you read that much of the Bible. Because you said, well, I'm abiding in him, his word's abiding in me. And I've been asking some things that I haven't seen them yet. This is what I found. I started studying 1 John. And John, who wrote the three epistles of the New Testament, is also the person God used to write the gospel according to John. So when he talks about abiding in the 15th chapter and and in surrounding verses, the same person who knows what he means by abiding writes 1 John. So I started reading 1 John. I'd read it lots of times before. I just hadn't really thoroughly made the connection. But I started reading about abiding, abiding in Him, having His Word abiding in me. What does that mean? And I read it, and I read it, and read it, I read it some more. Got a bookmark to that part of I opened my Bible to it. I'm going to keep reading it some more. Because I believe it's a clear answer for me and for you right there. That Jesus meant what He said. And when we understand it and practice it, that if we abide in Him and His Word abides in us, we can ask what we will of God according to His will. John, the first, John first John makes that very clear. Ask it according to His will. And, and, and when you come to this place of being totally in Him, abiding in Him, and His Word is abiding in you, you will ask according to His will. Because that's all you really want. You want for God's will to be done. But you know when God's promised you something, You've heard the voice of the Lord. He's given you a promise. You know He's made that promise to you, and you pray for God to fulfill that promise, and you are praying in God's will. Maybe somebody praying beside you and hearing you will not understand that. Other people may not know how God's spoken to you, or why God's spoken to you, or what God has said to you, but you know you've heard the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking in your life, and you know what he has said to you. You may have let it grow dim for a while. You may have let that heart, heart, hot burning ember cool off for a while. You may have let that clear, loud voice wane in your perception and understanding. But it's still there. And you go back and renew that. And you start laying this out before the Lord. And you say, oh God, I, here I am. I'm going to renew all of this. I know what you said to me. I know that you will use me. I know that you will make a change that I can't make. I know that you'll do something for me that I can't do because you told me, and you told me what it is. I don't know what it is, but you know what it is because you know what God spoke in your heart, and you don't know what mine is because you hadn't heard what God told me. I have, and so I can say to him as I say you ought to say, God, I heard you. I know you said that. I picked up my little Kindle in the Kindle app or the Kindle little book you get. You, know, you, can, you can put things in there of your own to read. You can read other people's books and magazines and all that. But you can put your own documents in there to read. So in mine, I put a document that I call God's words to me. And I go back and review those. I did it this morning. Go back and review those sometimes. And I look and I say, when, I, when God spoke to me, I wrote down, What he said, what time it was, what day it was, what year it was. So I can look back and say, oh, yes, Lord, I know when you said this to me. I remember very well. I remember very clearly. I remember where I was standing or where I was sitting. I remember what I was doing. You interrupted me and spoke to me and gave me a promise. I remember it. And some of these things you've already done, powerfully done, I'm here in this place right now because God made a promise and he fulfilled it. I didn't know this was what it was going to be. But it was God's promise. And and my being here now for almost ten years. Now, well, no, no, I'm finishing nine years. Yeah, nine years. Hey. In a few weeks, the first Sunday of August, that'll be starting to ten. I wasn't thinking about that. I planned to say it, but now I got it in my head. That's where it is. So almost nine years. That time ago when God sent me over to Orange Park to that little church over there and and, uh, and I'd been praying and God has been speaking to me and I didn't know that's what it was going to be I just knew He would spoken to me He was going to do it well now I see what God has done and He's not through yet He's not through with that promise yet that very same promise that He began all the way back in 2010 when He started that in the summer of 2010 He started a great work and, and you're the, the product of it but this isn't all. We're not all. Because God is, is in the process of still fulfilling His promise. And the things that He has promised and done up to now, He will promise the things that He promised that haven't yet been done, God's going to do. How do I know God's going to do it? Something else that He said? Because He's already done the first part of it. He's already done the first stages of it. And if God does a part of what He told you He would do, why would not He do the rest of it? He's not a part-time God. He's not a half-time failure. When God says something, God's going to do it. Hallelujah. No matter what I say or what you say or anybody else says, God's going to do what he said he will do. I'm supposed to be talking about prevailing prayer. I'm kind of close to it. I was was talking about the unjust judge and the little, little widow who would not stop. And Jesus said that that's a lesson to us, not to stop praying, to never give up. Never give up. I must have been wrong. Maybe I didn't hear the voice of God. That's what the enemy wants you to think. But you know you did. You know God made you a promise. And now I'm telling you, if you know God made you a promise, you need to know right now, God is going to keep that promise. Pastor, what if he doesn't? Then what are you going to say when I come and tell you? I'm going to say, keep on believing. Keep on holding on. God's God's never failed in keeping a promise yet, and he's not going to start with you. He's not going to let you be the first one he ever made a promise that he didn't keep. Nor me. But he said he's going to do. I can tell you we can depend on that. You don't have to go to the bank with it. You don't have to go get loans on this. You don't have to go get mortgages or do anything else based on this. You just have to live by faith. And God will bring it to fulfillment. Maybe in a way you don't know. Maybe in a way you don't yet understand. But when He brings it to you, you will know. This is God. This is what God was telling me. I thought it was something else, but this is it. I'll tell you that because that's what my experience was. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was something else, but it was this. And I don't. And, and, and I am not unhappy about that. By the way. I I am thrilled at what God's done and what God's still doing. I'm excited about what God's still going to do when he finishes fulfilling the promises he's made. Hallelujah. I'm not going to give up, are you? No, no, no. There's only one that wants us to give up. That's the one who doesn't want to see the promise fulfilled and the promise completed in our lives. We know who he is. We know his name. We see him walking around trying to deceive us all the time. We know who he is. We recognize him. We don't want to have anything to do with him. I don't want to listen to anything he's got to say. I'm not interested in anything the devil's got to tell me. But I want to hear what God tells me. I want to hear what God's word says. I want to know what this truth declares. I want to know what the Holy Spirit spoken in my heart to tell me this is real, this is true. And what I said for you, what I told you I would do, that I will do. And I will not fail you. And I believe I'm preaching about a God today who is just like that, the one who will not fail us. So what we have to do is learn that we've got to hold on. We've got to hold on. I don't know where I am in my notes right now. I left them about 20 minutes ago. But, oh, To prevail. So when you travail in prayer, you will prevail. Prevail means to prove more powerful than opposing be victorious. That's prevailing. So to be more powerful than any force that opposes you and to be victorious. But you can't win a race that you don't finish. You've got to keep holding on. You've got to keep moving on. You've got to keep believing for the joy and the victory. And that, because of God's promise, is on the way to you. I was sitting in the Tuesday morning prayer. back in, well actually it was on August the 2nd of 2011, I told you I was reading in my little notes today and I, I came across that, it wasn't what I was looking for but I came across it and I saw that on August the 2nd of 2011, I was sitting in the prayer meeting over in the old church and as I sat there and I remember this very well, as I read that it refreshed my mind and I remembered it so well I was sitting there. Now why are you telling me this, God? I started, in my mind, I just started. And God just began to speak to me. People were praying, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And that's all I heard. Repeatedly, on and on and on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I heard it until I just kind of, how long does this to go on? Just for some time. I don't know what everybody else is doing. I kind of got lost in this. God's just saying, hold on. And then, I just, I'm going to just try to correlate this just a little bit with you. And, and then I'll just stop, finish the Bible. Hold on. Now, that was August the 2nd of 2011, did I say? Yes. August the 2nd. And uh, I've I, I, I said that time and time again to myself. you told me And I'm going to I'm going to hold on to your word. I'm going to hold on to your promise. I'm going to hold on to what you've said to me and believe it and believe it is happening. Believe it's coming. And I see the signs of it. And I see the signs all around. It, and I see them all the time. And the fulfillment of it, it's partly done, but not completely done. And when God completes the work, the glorious thing about it is we'll know that too. Praise God. So, don't stop praying. Keep praying. Continue to pray. Continue to stand before the Lord and declare your petitions and your needs. And believe that God is that. He may not answer all of it at one time in one powerful outpouring, but He is in the process of moving in your behalf to do the things that you are crying out for Him to do and that you are believing Him to do. And you're going to see. Some of you've already seen some promises. Here, so if you've seen great things happen in answer to prayer, you're going to see more and greater things coming. We're right now at a place that God has heard our cries and heard our pleas. He's made promises. And God is ready to move. God is ready to move and answer those promises. I'm claiming that. You should claim it for whatever God's spoken in your life and believe it and hold off. I started to get one on another thought, and then I looked and I saw the time, so I just decided that I'll close it with that. I may preach the rest of this another time. Because what I preach today, <laughs> what I preach today is not what I started out, but I still am talking about prevailing prayer. Holding on, holding on, holding on for an answer. Been here for as long as God would have you to, if it's like two minutes or uh, an hour. Whatever God is on your heart, come on. God bless you. God bless you. Gracias, Lift our hands and praise the Lord. Worship God. Just cry out to God. All over this place. You don't have to be up here. All over this church this morning. Let's raise our hands and cry out to God. Prevail. Prevail.